Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hume, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. As I speak to you, it's Friday, the 16th of December, amongst the rail strike and the interest rate increase from yesterday by a further 0.5%. Welcome. Dark days, I know, but it will end. It always does. And uh, it does seem, I know, for many people that it's very dark days. But there's always positive news. And we're here to report both sides of it, both the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, So I hope you're doing well. If you're new to the show, then thanks very much for joining us. We talk about property every week in the context of potentially buying, selling or both, really, for investors, first time buyers and everyone in between. So first of all, let's run through the news. It's that they're just seeing a rise in below asking price sales. There's an article in the Daily Mail and The Guardian. It says that almost three quarters of estate agents saw the majority of their property sales agreed below asking price in November, according to research from the industry body NAEA Property Mark. A poll saw 72% of branches say a majority of their sales were for less than the price the client was seeking, up from 69% in October and 24% in November 2021. The report also showed a decline in competition for homes with an average of seven buyers for every new property compared to a high of 11. But as you can see from that statistic, one of the things that we are finding right now is that there is very much a limited supply of available property. Because as you've heard me say many times here on the show, it's not just buyers that get the option of whether the market is good or not. The whether the market is good or not for a buyer or seller is very much in the eyes of the beholder. And it depends on supply, demand. And those supply and demand figures depend very much on sentiment. What I mean by this is if sentiment is high, then what we tend to find is prices start to rise as people are optimistic and there's more demand than there is supply of property. So people will compete for the available stock of property. And as you can see from those figures alone, still, even now, we have far more buyers with an average of seven buyers for every property compared to 11. There's still far more buyers than sellers. So for that number to equalize a bit can only be a healthy thing in a way, I think. Um, The average number of sales agreed per branch is down, um, and that's on average to eight per member branch. However, the average number of properties available to buy rose slightly to 33. The property market chief, Nathan Emerson, said the sales market is firmly back in the hands of buyers who have been on the back foot for 18 months. It certainly feels that there is um, a lean more towards buyers having an advantage, I know, overall. But as I say, what we're finding is on the back of strong Um, demand from buyers still and the number of buyers exceeding the number of sellers is not as bad as some would have you believe. And the other thing to say is, of course, newspapers are always looking for sensationalism and ways of wowing their customers with prices are up, prices are down and prices are doing nothing in particular is not a great headline. One thing we find in a worsening market or a tightening market is that whilst some estate agents will traditionally overvalue properties in order to secure their clients instructions. What I mean by this is if you get three valuations, as most sellers do, and the opinions of those valuations tend to be high, low and middle, then the lean tends to be towards the higher valuation. And agents are aware of this. So some agents will use this and they will 
overvalue the property by as much as 10 or 20% in order to secure the instruction, get a signature on a contract, which is often for 20 weeks or more, and then gradually grind the client down to a lower eventual sale price. So when you're looking at estate agents' valuations, it's very easy to feel seduced by the highest possible valuation, and it's often the wrong thing to do. Talk to the agents. Find out who you feel is the most trustworthy, who is the one you feel who will have your back, but also is approaching the situation honestly. Because if you overvalue your property substantially in a tighter market, what will happen is nothing. And then as you reduce the price, this will be visible to all, as it is on Rightmove and Zoopla these days. You can quickly tell which prices have gone up, down and sideways. And if not, there are other ways of tracking it as well, as you probably know. And any discerning buyer will be checking these websites and have updates within their price ranges on a daily basis even. And they will be scanning those listings and they'll look at your property and say, ah, that's the one that was at X price and now it's at Y price. And the difficulty then is, does it fall further? Do we go in for it? If we were offering on it, we should offer lower. Whereas if you come on at the correct price and people have a lot of interest in your home, then you can find the competition for it is fired up. Nobody wants what nobody else wants. You know, this is the old adage, and it's very, very true, is that in the end, if you price something keenly, then you will find that people will want it. If you price something too optimistically, then you'll find that nobody wants it. You need to pitch your price at a point where you know people are going to come and see it. One of the ways you can do that is to make sure it's on a sweet spot as far as right move is concerned. I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. If you've got a house that's on the market for, for instance, £725,000 here in London, and you're not getting much action, then the next logical step would be to reduce it to 700. And whoever, by the way, advised you to advertise it at 725 has made a big mistake. And the mistake is this. You cannot search that price of 725000 You can search at 750 on Rightmove, for instance, and you can search at 700. But there is no variation for 725,000. What this means is that your property will never show up on page one of any search, no matter which way around they do it, high, low or low, high. Chances are it's not going to show up on page one. And of course, in order to get the largest number of views and therefore the largest number of physical viewings, you want to appear on that first page. How do you hit that first page? Well, you make sure that you're on one of those sweet spots. So if you are in one of those in, in between prices, I see agents doing this all the time, pricing properties at odd prices or 69.99 you know 769,999 those price ranges don't work they never have worked in my view for property anyway but more than ever now when we've got search engines like Rightmove and Zoopla that require an input from the user to suggest what their maximum price is you want to hit that maximum price if you can so always look at the sweet spots in the price ranges very important something else at this time of year i've just done an interview with jason teb the ceo of on the market and he asked me what advice i'd give sellers this year and i think the two pieces of advice i would give you right now are number one christmas decorations we've got to talk about the christmas decorations i know this is going to sound like scrooge and bar humbug but here's the thing if you get your photographs taken while christmas decorations are up Everybody knows exactly when those shots were taken. And it looks very old, even in early January, to see those. It feels very old. So make sure that when your photographer is coming around to photograph your house, to take on the market, that number one, there is nothing that dates 
the house, such as Christmas. So make sure you keep the decorations out of the way for the photographer. And if they're up already, well, then wait until the new year when you can take shots without those decorations in place. Second thing to watch for, snow. I know it's beautiful, and I know your house probably looks lovely with it laden on the roof and everything else, but everybody in the UK knows exactly when it snowed, and certainly the people in your area probably know when it snowed in your area this week or yesterday. So therefore, when you get those photographs taken and your house shows snow in the UK, it dates it to a very specific time. And of course, if you're marketing a month later, again, it can make it look very old very quickly. So keep away from the Christmas pictures, please, and keep away from the snow pictures, and it will help you to look current and relevant in the marketplace, which is really, really important. Now, we've had the interest rate rise this week, and I know this is a big frustration for everybody, but if you've been listening to the show regularly, you'll know that we've been saying that this is coming, and it's another half point, which is very, very large, I know. And we can expect, I think, one more rate rise before we see things start to level off next year. Um, some are predicting interest rates will peak at 4.5%. They're currently at 3.5% since yesterday's announcement on the 15th of December 2022. Uh, I suspect they won't go above 4% because I think things are going to level off quicker than is expected. But only time will tell. And uh, in the meantime, the rates that are being quoted for fixed rates so far don't seem to have been vastly affected. And that is because the UK lenders have already priced in this rise. In other words, they already understood that rates were going to go up again and the money market rates ahead haven't changed significantly as I speak. That may be the case later on. And certainly with another half point rise on the way, you should be looking at options if you have a variable rate mortgage. But some of those options might be unpalatable for you. And it might be the case that you might be better off going off something like a tracker mortgage. This is not financial advice, by the way, because we don't do that here at the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. But I do think that sometimes a tracker rate can look quite attractive. And what's attractive about a tracker rate where you track the base rate of the Bank of England plus normally a certain percentage, then you're going up and down with that rate. Yes, that does mean that there's another half point rise, which will hit you. But you'll probably find that that right rise plus the extra percentage on top of that is below the fixed rates of two or five years. So you could still find yourself ahead on that. Of course, the um, worry is that the rates go up even further and then you would be linked to those higher rates as well. And so it's a difficult one. Speak to an independent financial advisor and they will help you with that. Uh, prime prices, prime prices, prime prices have risen despite fewer sales. There's an article in the Times. The number of prime London homes going under offer last month was down 14.6% compared with November last year. And sales agreed dropped by 4.8% over the same period. This is figures from Lonres, which is the multi-listing system for London. The number of new instructions was also up 4.6% in November year on year. However, there is no sign of prices falling. The average achieved price per square foot rose by 1.9%. Yes, that's right. Prime central London is still rising. The highest house price growth was in Marylebone at 12.7%, followed by Knightsbridge and Belgravia, the prime fringe of London, in areas such as Vauxhall, Nine Elms, Borough and Kennington, followed by prime inner, including Hampstead and St. John's Wood, with prime central such as Chelsea and South Kensington recording the lowest price growth. But notice we're still talking about price growth. 
The Evening Standard reports that there's a lot more interest in auctions and auction registrations are bucking wider property trends this month. It's emerged that the my auction December sale saw lot numbers increased by 77% compared with September. This is in contrast to a £16,000 drop in the average asking price caused across London by a reported by right move last week. Well, of course, auctions are something we've discussed here before at the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. They're not for everybody. It's important to put that in context, but they are a great way to sell your house. If you think about auctions, they are one of the oldest forms of selling right back to Roman times where they would have an auctioneer auctioning off various things. And so auctions are still there today and still a really valuable resource. If you want to get rid of investment property and you want to get it rid of it quickly, you know, once that hammer goes down, contracts are exchanged. And the beautiful thing is 28 days later, the money is in the bank. How's it done? Well, many people ask how it's done. And the answer is what we call a pre-sellers pack. And that means that the answers to questions usually raised after a sale is agreed are all answered prior and they're available to you online via the pre-auction sellers pack produced by the auctioneer or the seller's solicitor, or I should say the auctioneer in conjunction with the seller's solicitors. And so you have all the information there that should lead you to a choice as to whether this property is for you or not. Of course, it doesn't generally include a survey and one should be particularly cautious at auction about buying because you can spend a lot of money on things like inspections, investigations, surveys, only to find that you're beaten to the punch on the day and you've lost that money. So not for the faint hearted, but they are a great resource for those looking for perhaps an investment property who have done their homework. The important thing being doing your homework and doing that research. And also for sellers, you know, we have had sellers before that have had sale fall through. It's taken some months to get there only for a buyer to withdraw from the chain. They've just had enough and they've decided that they're prepared to take a bit of a hit on price for the certainty that auction offers. And if you are interested in our auction services, do give us a call because they are something that we love to do. And we've always got you back on that as well to make sure we get you the best possible price in the circumstances. But it's one of the few circumstances where quoting the lowest possible price actually results in the highest number of interested parties. And an example of this is we had a property for sale at auction where the reserve quoted by us and the auctioneers was below the reserve required by the client. And what happened in the room on the day was it didn't reach the reserve that the client required, meaning that it hadn't sold, but it did reach the reserve we recommended. What then happened was after the auction, we ran out the room at the time it was a physical room in London and caught up with the guy that had bid on it and had not won it because it hadn't reached the reserve level and said, would you still be interested at the price that you offered? Because our client said they would now sell it to him at that price. And he said, no, I wouldn't. And the reason that he wouldn't was that he knew that now he was the one holding the cash and we were the one holding the assets and nobody else wanted it. And that's the only reason we were approaching him. And he then offered 10% lower and our client got 10% lower than they would have got had they followed the advice of a lower reserve in the first place. Natural greed comes into auctions, of course, and lower the reserve price you quote, the more people will compete. The important thing is people compete on the day and they'll only compete if it's super competitive. So you need to take advice on that. And that's something that we're good at advising on. And we can help you nationally across the UK with that. So if you have a property, you're considering coming to auction, we can look at the values for you and together with you come up with the best strategy for making sure we achieve the highest price in the room on the day. Of course, the rooms these days are digital, but the viewings are still physical. And we still have 
the weekly open house viewings to make sure we get as many people interested on the day as possible. And we do a sort of dual thing when it comes to auctions, because as we're a traditional estate agency as well, we'll advertise in the traditional way through Rightmove and Zoopla, as well as using the specialist channels that auction houses do. So thoroughly recommended if you're looking for a quick sale and just wondering where to go next and you've had a bit of frustration and you can afford to take a bit more of a hit on price for that certainty and it can be a good trade for you, then do get in touch. Interest rates, of course. The news is all about the interest rates on BBC, The Times, The Daily Mail and The Guardian. They say the Bank of England has, has raised interest rates to the highest level for 14 years as it looks to tackle inflation. The Bank's Monetary Policy Committee voted to hike rates from 3.5 to 3.5 percent from 3 percent. That's the ninth consecutive increase. The 50 basis point rise was less severe than the hike seen in October when the MPC opted to up the rate by 75 points, the steepest increase in 33 years. While six members of the nine strong MPC backed the 0.5% increase, two said rates should remain unchanged and one called for another 0.75% increase. Figures from UK Finance show that 715,000, that's 9% of mortgage holders in the UK, are on tracker mortgages, while 895,000, 11%, are on standard variable rate mortgages. Of course, both of these would be impacted by the rise yesterday. Following the bank's rate rise, the trade body estimates the average tracker mortgage repayment will increase by £50 per month. For standard variables, they predict the average payment will increase by £30.81. Of course, this is across the UK and here in London, those increases are much bigger. Uh, apart from that, we have... a busy week here at JA, although it's Christmas. It's one of those weeks where we're getting a lot of people coming in and asking for valuations, asking them for advice about marketing next year. As far as the buy-to-let market's concerned, rents are rocketing. And it's quite sad for tenants that can ill afford the rents that they're currently on. Um, but what we're experiencing at the moment is a huge excess of demand for rented property. Why is that demand so high? Well, it's a number of factors. Buy-to-let investors, particularly individuals, impacted by Section 24, the inability to offset your interest payments against tax, have meant that many landlords are selling up and they've taken the opportunity of equity realised over a number of years and deciding to cash out of the market because they're no longer earning what they could have earned under the old tax rules. Uh, and if you're listening up, Rishi, that's one thing that you could do if you want to increase the rental supply in the UK is repeal Section 24 and allow landlords to make a profit on their rentals. Because without that, two things are going to happen. Number one, those that stay in the market will increase their rents because they'll have no choice, especially in a rising interest rate economy. And number two, they will continue to sell up. And that will further exacerbate what I believe is the worst rental housing crisis that we are going to see in our lifetimes. And at some point, I think the government will wake up and will start to give concessions in order that the private sector steps back in, because clearly the public sector cannot build enough houses to quench the demand for rentals. And that will impact on the wider economy of the UK. If people can't come here and reliably get somewhere to live, then how do they then work and commute? It's just not possible. So therefore, I do think that that will change, but I think it will take a long time to change. And it might well be that it gets worse before it gets better. So watch this space. The good news is we've got almost full employment and only one third of homes have a mortgage in the UK. So on the good side, those that have a mortgage paid outright tend to be older people. Interest rates rising. The interest rates for pensioners 
on their savings will be much higher than they have been for many years. Um, and so there are those that are impacted in a good way by this. But for the vast majority of us, it's really, really tough. It's tough because many are choosing whether to heat or eat. And I think we've got a dark winter ahead of us. That said, every cloud, as they say, and it will get better. Um, when? Well, that's very hard to know. But what I do know is that at the moment, what we're not seeing is a vast amount of repossessed property. And with lenders being more lenient and being forced to be more lenient and the government stepping in to help with interest payments on mortgages under the last budget announcement, something that was buried there, um, it is looking as though we're in for a softer landing as far as UK property prices are concerned. I think that what we're going to see is a lack of property coming to market next year for sale and people doing what they do best when they're not sure, and that is sitting back and waiting. And with that sitting back and wait, waiting will come a lack of supply. Of course, there'll always be the three Ds, death, divorce, and debt. There will always be people selling for those reasons, but that will not quench demand in my view, because here in London, where we've got full employment in the city, people will always be looking to live and work in what I believe is still the best city in the world. And therefore, there will always be demand there. But yeah, tough times ahead. It will get better. It will take a while to get there. Thanks very much for listening this week. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back next week with another edition. Until then, look after yourself and your families. Ciao. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production.